Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredients. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today is Israel Izzy Style Martinez, an Illinois great MMA coach for John Jones and Holly Holm. He's also the owner of Izzy Style Wrestling Academy. Folks, this interview is uncut in the sense that it was initially recorded as part of the research for Assembly Fall, which is the audio documentary that we released on Tuesday. And so the focus of this is about Eric Tannenbaum, who's one of the co-stars of Assembly Fall. Izzy has his own story that we'll get to eventually, but this one is focused almost entirely on Israel's relationship with Eric Tannenbaum. And so if you have no idea what Assembly Fall is, go check it out. It's, it's episode 145 in the feed. Anytime we do an audio documentary, it's a ton of work, and it would really mean a lot if you guys would check them out. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Israel Izzy Style Martinez. All right, recording live. All righty. Izzy Martinez, thank you for doing this, my friend. I appreciate it. No problem, man. It's great to be on. Let's just start at the very beginning, man. How did Jose Martinez become a technical master in the sport of wrestling? You know, he wrestled in high school. You know, my dad was a, a wrestler in Aurora. So we grew up in, in uh, the east side of Aurora. And, um, you know, it's a tough place. And you got to find some extracurricular activities that, you know, aren't gangs and, and the street culture. So my dad got in the wrestling room and uh, loved it. You know, he had me and my brother and my sister when he was real young. Um, so, you know, got the sport, you know, kind of taken home as he had to kind of get a job and to get his life going. Um, and, you know, he loved it. So, you know, fast forward, I guess, you know, you could say, you know, he had us when we was in high school. So, you know, fast forward 12 years, you know, and, you know, 10 years and my brother's a wrestler. Uh, he's, he's 11 and I'm nine. And, and um, the love for the sport was always there. He didn't have the greatest coaching and practice partners and things like that, but the love was there. Um, so when it was time for me and my brother to start wrestling, um, he loved it, you know, and I, I see my dad and a lot of these dads that don't have those incredible backgrounds in wrestling, but, but love the sport. And, and that's where it was. Uh, there was no flow wrestling. Uh, there was no, um, you know, there was nothing. There was no internet. Um, so we ended up, um, 
you know, learning a lot from books. And um, I know it sounds pretty crazy, but, you know, my dad would get these wrestling books and he'd get these old VHS um, tapes. And, you know, he, he worked third shift. Um, so when he got home from work, he was, you know, two, three hours on the film. And, uh, you know, he didn't uh, really truly understand all the technical parts, but he fell in love with it. And, um, you know, through trial and error and me and Nate, thousands of hours in the garage, you know, he developed his own coaching method and, um, you know, it was a lot of technical skills. So, so that's kind of how it's, it went down. And I, I, I remember hearing stories that you guys had old carpet in your garage that you drill on before you even had mats. You Is that know, true? I always tell the guys at the gym, stop being so spoiled, you know, when they, when they have, uh, you know, there's a couple of dings in the mat or a hole or, you know, the mat's coming apart. I, I, I always got to remind them that, you know, we started in the garage. My dad was picking up, uh, you know, foam from the area or he knew a buddy from work that knew how to hustle some foam for him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'd get a new piece of foam, we'd throw it on there, put the carpet back on top and, and keep running it. But yeah, that was it. You know, uh, any place, any time, well, we, we were always willing to wrestle. Foam hustling in East Aurora. I love it. <laughs> yeah, those now, are the days. Now, when was the first time a young Eric Tannenbaum walked into the East Aurora room? Do you remember the first time you met him? You know, I can't really recall, recall the first time I met him. Um, you know, I, I know that um, my first uh, memories uh, were actually not just Eric by himself, but uh, he used to roll with uh, this kid, Brian Dyer, who he used to call Buzz. Um, so, so you just know, you know, we're from Aurora. So we're young boys from Aurora. We get these two little, you know, kids coming from Naperville. Um, so <laughs> you know, they're just different, different guys. They, they look different. They talk different. Um, they were young, different kids from Naperville that uh, came into Aurora, the hood, and, um, you know, came in, and, and, you know, Eric Tannenbaum's father, very smart man, very intelligent guy. Um, he knew. He knew that in Naperville at that point, um, there wasn't wrestling there. There wasn't a lot of great wrestlers there that were training together. So if you wanted to be the best, you had to go find better partners. You had to go find a room where, you know, the guys are grinding and there's no crying and excuses. You had to go in there and work. And that's the room my dad created. Um, and, and Eric Tannenbaum and Brian Dyer used to show up and, you know, nice and polite and get out there and grind and, and work real hard and uh yeah that that's kind of my first memories you know them just kind of walking in the gym you know and, and scrapping hard and, and it was it was very rare for kids from Naperville to drive into Aurora and to go to East Aurora High School and fight like that so um you know immediately they stood out you think it was a bit of a culture shock for them you know Eric was um Eric, Eric, yeah, it was definitely a culture shock. I think, um, you know, we took them under our, ring, our wing right away. We knew how tough they were. And just like the wrestling room now, you know the kids that are going to be good. You can tell at an early age, you, you know. And if you've been coaching for a while, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some kids that don't make it. And then there's going to be some kids that you thought didn't make it, make it, right? But you really have that eye on that kid that goes super hard. He doesn't let up. You know, you get slammed down. 
get the wind knocked out of them, they bounce back, they keep wrestling. You get your finger bent, they keep pushing through it. You get a bloody lip, bloody nose, whatever it is, you got to keep pushing. And Eric Tannenbaum was that guy. So immediately when you, when you have that guy around you, you bring him close because you know he's going to be pretty special. Yeah, he said you guys were like older brothers to him. Yeah, I tell you, you know, at first we were just his buddies, you know, and that's kind of how it goes in wrestling. Um, and then you, you build a relationship, and that's the best part about wrestling is, in, you know, you have brothers for the rest of your life. And uh, I was very fortunate that um, I had a young kid like uh, like Eric look up to me, and, um, you know, I was able to do a lot of wrestling with him, a lot of life. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time growing up, and, you know, he was one of my best friends and still is one of my best friends uh, to this day so uh he's a surgeon and i'm still in the wrestling room <laughs> no it's funny uh i was out uh, in indiana last saturday i drove out there after i met Barme actually and uh i sat down with him and he was telling me a story where you guys were going to the tournament of champions and like the night before a tournament it was you a couple other kids were there too but he had to go to bed early and uh, you'd go up to mr tanabob and say let rock stay out and play and um obviously he didn't but the next morning, though, you guys were driving to the TOC, and Mr. Tannenbaum literally has to drive on the side of the road to get there on time. He drops you off. You run in the door and go in and, like, pin some kid. <laughs> you know, back in the day, I was uh, fierce. You know, I mean, I'm fierce now, but when I was a young wrestler, you know, I was fierce, and I knew that I was kind of leading the charge with a lot of the younger guys. We had Eric Tannenbaum, Ruby Bellario, Mark Mendoza. We had a Matt Column, Paul Column. We had – you know, just a plethora of guys. And I was kind of the older one in that time. So, you know, I had to be the fearless leader that would go out there and, and whoop somebody if you, if you, you know, if you had the opportunity to do it. And whether you're running late or you're there early, you know, you're ready to scrap. And that's kind of been my lifestyle. It's been, you know, hey, have some fun, enjoy yourself. But when it's time to compete, it's time to flip that switch and compete and turn into a fearless competitor. And could Rock do that if he needed to? Yeah, you know, his dad was just more structure. You know, his dad was very structured, um, very organized, very disciplined, um, understood it, understood, hey, Izzy's going to get away with this for now, right? He, he got that. You know, it's Eric probably doesn't talk like that because of the respect that he has for me. Uh, but the reality was is, yeah, I was able to do some things young that, you know, that other kids weren't able to do. But um, that type of lifestyle will catch up to you, and eventually it caught up to me. But there's been there's some pretty cool stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, staying up all night, getting to the tournament, kind of eating whatever you want, doing certain things like that. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with my boys that I train now. It's, you know, I try to explain to them that it's all going to catch up to you, and I can be the firsthand reason why it's going to – the example and the guys that aren't doing those things that are towing the line and eating right and getting to sleep early and and just doing those things that Eric Tannenbaum did you look at four-time All-American you know NCAA finalist the guy's a freak you know surgeon the discipline lasted throughout his life so you know as as um could he have done it I'm sure would he have been as good as he was? I'm not sure, right? So his the route that he took was was awesome, and it was it was special to see. 
you know, we were out partying in high school and Eric was doing his homework and we would go out to parties and, and go out places and Eric would show up later because he had to finish his homework. And, you know, those were the things that we weren't so disciplined at that, you know, came back to bite us in the butt. So was he capable? Yes. <laughs> it's even, uh, you know, when you think about that, everything that he's done in the workload, you think about his high school record, 176 and one. I mean, you of all people know just how hard that is in the old two way to run up a record like that. Where does that, what, you know, what does that rank all time? And, you know, how significant is that to be 176 and one in the old two way? You know, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable thing, you, you know, as a freshman, the freshman year is always tough. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you're, you come in, you're at one of these weight classes. I believe he was at 112, I think, yep. his freshman year. So, you know, you come in there and you're not a six-pounder. That's tough right there. You know, coming in as a freshman, um, that's tough right there. But then once you do that, I've seen a lot of guys do it. The key is sustaining it, sustaining that that bullseye on your back, that that ability to overcome every guy's best match every time you go out there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the the the, the – reality behind his record it's hard to speak about that now there's different divisions there's just just wrestling's a little different you know but it's an unbelievable thing you know the way he was uh you know so dominant and the way he spread fear throughout illinois of his nickname was rock so you know when you have that nickname of the rock and you have that it's um you know it's pretty scary especially as those wins keep you know stacking up and and before you know it he was undefeated i think he you know, was two years undefeated for a while, and then he lost, to, and then he won again, you know. But, yeah, it was special kid, different times, but definitely a special run in, in Illinois wrestling history. It really is. And you mentioned his freshman year he was undefeated at 112. In his sophomore year, he was undefeated all the way till the end. You know, he was 86-0 and going into that last match against Matt Kukula. And that's really the focus of the documentary. But before we get there, it's like, you know, to even go undefeated as a freshman, as you said, is an incredible thing. And then from there, Eric said, at that point, if I lost, I thought it was going to be an illegal slam like Izzy. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Um, <laughs> so he thought he was you know, not good to go, but pretty much good to go. And then to get upset as a sophomore like that, um, I know that was your senior year. Were you at the tournament that year watching? No, I actually went to the junior college national tournament to watch my brother. My brother ended up getting second that year. Um, uh, so I went up there to watch him. And, um, yeah, you know, it was one of those things that you're sitting at this event, you're getting ready to watch the finals, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a buzz go out through this whole arena. And you're like, what? Come on, this ain't real. My brother's about to wrestle. No way Eric got pinned. And this was way back in the day. There wasn't text messages and videos and Instagram. And, you know, it took a minute for it to sink in that it was real, that, you know, he, he got caught and pinned by a kid that he was toying with earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, it was – I wasn't there, but it was what we say it was the pin heard around the world. <laughs> That's – I forgot what people used to call it that. That's – um. That might be the movie poster shit. <laughs> Dude, so you were at another tournament, and like you said, before social media, things didn't travel that fast, but even there you heard about it. Yeah, you know, Eric was a big draw. You know, he was trying to set the record. There was nobody undefeated ever. 
right? It was at that point, I think Josh Albert, the legend from Dakota, ended up pulling that off, that Cortez victory, right? Um, but before that, there was no, there was nobody that made it through undefeated. And, um, you know, everybody thought Eric was a shoo-in, but Matt Kukla said, no way. <laughs> Matt Kukla said, let's see what, let's see what the Mills is like. And, you know, I've interviewed Matt. He's a great guy. Everyone's a good sport about this. Um, you know, the, the best part about this matchup to me is that it's two different styles. You know, when I ask Eric, how do you describe your style? He goes, it's Jose Martinez, take him down, let him up. And, uh, you know, Matt Kukla has a different style. And so talk about your, uh, your dad's focus on top, uh, excuse me, on neutral as opposed to top and bottom, how all that got started. You know, my dad was more of a guy that um... – you know, he liked the aggressive style of wrestling. My dad mm -hmm. loved the fact that you were a go, 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 go. And, um, you know, when you, when you didn't wrestle in college, okay, and this isn't a knock on my father, but when you didn't, when you didn't wrestle in college and you didn't, you didn't understand how important top and bottom is, right? <laughs> you, you don't get that. You, you understand that, hey, you know, you could take this dude down, let him up and go, let him up, take him down, let him up, take him down. You know, that works for so long. And the importance of top and bottom, you know, now they're bringing it in the sport now. Now there's, look at all the clubs that are out there. Look at all the college coaches that are back into college wrestlers that are back into youth wrestling and youth development. You know, top and bottom is so important. So, you know, I think it was one of those things where it wasn't as important to us because we were so focused on being so dominant on our feet and I think if you look at it now um, the practices that I've been doing especially before the COVID and you know before the uh, before the season ended we were spending half our time on the mat that was unheard of back in our day you know if you sat on a guy you were tired you were lazy you were resting and um, you know so we just didn't have that focus and so that's changed that much for you though in that time you know, being a coach, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, my wrestling career was, you know, I, I go to North Idaho, right? Right. Wrestling's there. Junior college is still tough, but, you know, the guys on top, it's still junior college, right? There's another level up there, right? So I go into Iowa City, Mark Perry gets on top of me. That'll be a reality check. You can't get away, right? The guy's just turning you, turning you, turning you. And um, that right there, that mentality, you get other guys on top of you, riding on, riding on you, you know, you, you're wrestling hard on your feet, you get taken down, you don't get back up to get another shot you know so you learn those things as you go up in competition and then you remember them and you remember mm -hmm. them. you remember your weaknesses as a coach as a wrestler and then you try to instill that in your youth boys so that's where I was I didn't want these guys to turn 18 19 years old get to the next level and couldn't get off the bottom before you know it wrestling's not as fun to them anymore and now you're off doing some things you shouldn't be doing you know where hey you know what let's get these guys as prepared as they can be let's get them ready for college so you know the hard times aren't as hard so you right. can bounce back and keep going and it's funny you mentioned Mark Perry because that's who wrestled Tannenbaum in the finals, obviously. So there's some, there's some tie-ins there. And, and while we're talking about styles of wrestling, Tannenbaum was known as a takedown machine. How would you describe his offensive attacks? He was the rock, right? So he didn't, he was the pounder. He was pounding you. He was hand fighting you. He was fast. So, you know, it's not, it's not often where you've got guys that are really strong and then really fast. 
right? Eric was the total package there. He was very strong and very fast and he had unbelievable smarts, right? That's obvious, right? But his ability that he was so fast and so strong was just, you know, unreal. So what was his style? Whatever you taught him, he was, he, Eric was awesome. You teach him something, come back. He's like, yeah, I tried it at home. I tried it on my dad. I even tried it on my sister. You know, I'm getting better at this. You're like, man, I just showed it to you yesterday. You know, <laughs> you know what was Eric's style? What, what, he was good at everything. <laughs> awesome, man. And last thing I wanted to ask you is just to give some folks who are from out of Illinois who will be listening to this documentary a little taste for the Grand March. You've been in three of them. It's a special thing. I get chills talking about it right now. What mental images do you have from your experience in the Grand March, and what did it mean to you to represent your family out there? I'll tell you, the Illinois Grand March, you, you know, talking to, to people in the sport or wrestling families in the sport, everybody's kind of got that one special thing about their state tournament. Well, in Illinois, it's our Grand March. You know, there's 15, 10 to 15,000 at Assembly Hall. The lights go out, the lighters come on. Now the phones, you know, back in my day, it was the lighter. Everyone, <laughs> Everyone, you know, that's how we did that thing. And now they put their phone up, but it was special. You know, you're coming out that tunnel, you know, you look around, you know, there's youth boys there, you know, there's beginner wrestlers, you know, there's guys seventh, eighth grade that are coming there. And most importantly, you know, there's older guys, that guys that have been there before. And it's it's such a legendary experience. Um, it gives you chills, you know. Up until the last couple of years, I was um, doing the Grand March. I, I beat, as I was coaching down there, uh, you know, it was amazing. So what, what was cool about it is going through the Grand March as a wrestler. You, you know, you got different guys that, you know, I, I did it three times. So you get three different guys that kind of bring you from your high school. If you're in high school that doesn't have a lot of winners, the coaches kind of change off every year, you know, and then they all take turns. So, you know, you remember, hey, man, this was kind of fun because this coach or this was kind of fun because that coach. Because you're intense and, and the, the process is, you don't wrestle until 630 and you're there at five o'clock and you see your opponent and you go in the tunnel and he's right next to you and you're, you're pumped up and you're amped up. So, you know, it's just such an unbelievable thing. The history behind it, um, you know, the, the anticipation behind it is, is unreal. And uh, the Grand March is uh, second to none around the world. And it's awesome to think that in 2000, you guys were running together. He was at 112. I believe you were at 130. Um, you, I think you beat Tim Springs that year. Um, but yeah, 2000, you guys were running together. Pretty cool to uh, just to have that connection. I didn't realize that until getting ready for this. Yeah, you know, Eric was a couple years younger than I was. So, you know, to kind of go through it yourself and then watch him go through it was pretty cool. And then to be able to win state together, you know, he was like my little brother, you know, I love the, you know, I love him, you know, but just imagine when you're the guy and your, your next guy is the next best guy. Right. So when your best friend is the next best guy, when you leave, you know, he's going to rule the roost. There's an unbelievable feeling. And to watch him win like that was special. I, I, uh, I tell the guys all the time, no matter if they're Montini guys or Izzy style guys or whoever they are in the state finals, you know, to, to enjoy it. But if you've got a teammate there and you're the senior and you've got a freshman or sophomore there, you know, to really, really, you know, bond with them because um, it's one of those things you're never, ever going to forget. And that's it, man. Last question we've been asking everyone. Is this the biggest upset in Illinois finals history? You know what? 
there's been some big matches, I think, with the record um, with his uh, undefeated season on the line, with how he's done in college, how he was able to transition and do exceptionally well. I think with you add all that together, he's a surgeon, right? You add all of it up, yeah, it's the biggest upset ever. And we give props to Matt Kukla and his team. They did a great job. I think that when you know a guy brings his head to his knee, and you know that there's one time you can pin them in a cradle, um, you work it and you, you really study that. And, and, and that's your one opportunity. And I think Matt Kukla's one opportunity, he seized it. He seized the moment. And um, he did a great job. And, and that's one of the things that I'd like to share with, you know, everyone. I use Eric Tannenbaum as an example, both good and bad. And, uh, <laughs> And as a coach, you know, being a, being there for such a long time at Montini and, and getting guys down there, you always, you always look them in the eyes and go, hey, don't get ahead of yourself. My best friend got pinned by a guy he beat the crap out of earlier in the year. Like, get it together. And I think it's, um, you know, we don't like to tell Eric we use him as that example, but it's been great for um, – because. Everybody at our club knows Eric. Everyone, every one of my friends knows who Eric is. Um, so it's um, it's a reality. Hey, wow, this guy, four-time All-American, this, this, this. He got pinned in the state finals, and it, it brings guys back to their senses. So, yeah, I think it's the biggest upset ever, and it's a great learning lesson for every wrestler who just thinks guys are going to fall over for him. There's Matt Kuklas out there that are not going to take that. And also props to Kukla, as you said, sucking it up, manning it up, and going in there against a the guy who embarrassed you in the state finals. Last match as a senior, pretty cool thing, too. I'll tell you, you know, it, it, it was unreal. The poise that Matt Kukla had, it's, uh, you know, I've been down there the last 10 years coaching guys. So, you know, just watching our boys overcome things like that and go, hey, you know this guy over here? He's undefeated. But guess what? I know a situation where the guy was pinned and getting our guys to, to wait to seize their moment. And, you know, we had the Tommy Pawalski way back in the day. We had, he was wrestling a kid. And we said, just when he gets to the high crotch, you've got to sit the corner and that was our best shot to take him down stand up tall force him into the high crotch you know undefeated kid um we ended up getting the corner and, and it's just the, the poise that Matt Kukla had is is something that all young wrestlers should, should watch but also anybody that's in a weight class where they think the guy's unbeatable he's not everyone's beatable that's it man Izzy Martinez you are a true gem in the sport of wrestling. I appreciate your time, man. This was the, I thought the interview on Saturday with Tannenbaum was the last one, but this is it. I'm going to go into post-production this week and this documentary will be out Tuesday, June 30th, man. I'll be sure to send it to you. Awesome. I'm excited that, you know, you didn't, you, you've been doing great work. you got the who's who of wrestling on your show. So it's a privilege and an honor to finally um, sit down with you and uh, chop it up. We like to say chop it up, you know. So Fuck yeah. it, it's a privilege and an honor to chop it up with you. Um, like, like I said, uh, we'll get together, me and you, and uh, we'll, we'll do one of these things on our wrestling club and whatever you want on that end. But, you know, it's, it's just great to talk about Eric. I appreciate it, man. Now, we'll do one where we can do it in person. I, I just had Clay Guida on last week, and that took seven months to get that booked, man. So as long as we beat seven months, we're golden. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> 
Things are busy right now. We got August 1st, Holly Holm. August 22nd, Michelle Watterson. August uh, 29th, we're hoping Yair Rodriguez, you know, and then they're saying September, October for John. You know, hopefully phase four comes in Illinois or we can start getting back on the mats. Um, so yeah, we got a busy time, but we'll beat that seven month mark for sure. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.